And we are live. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. And I'm one of your co-hosts, Blake Rafino. Alongside me is my other co-host, or my co-host, Joe DeLeon, live from the Super Bowl. Good evening, good sir. Yeah, we're trying to test and see how effective the internet here is going to be. You know what? I've, I've spent the, to peel back the curtain a little bit, I've spent the day roaming around seeing uh, enough uh, other radio stations that were using StreamYard. And the whole time I'm thinking to myself, this has to work. This, this, this has to work if all these other people are managing to get it to work. But here we are. We'll see how things go. The uh, the live audience is going to get to see all the random people that walk behind me and are going to end up in the shot. Uh, a couple of believe coworkers are already doing so. But, Blake, I'm excited that we made this work. I'm hoping that we make it through the whole stream. Yeah. Do you want to tell them what just passed by you behind you a couple of minutes ago? Uh, yeah. Alex uh, Tisopoulos, one of the Charity Stripe hosts, uh, you know, that's not to, what I was talking about. I was talking about the oh, two you're talking about purple. the dancers, the dancers. Yeah, we had yeah. right before we went live. There were two, like everybody knows what I'm talking about. Very like exotic Yeah, like the Vegas dancers. You think of immediately. Those were the you know the, the, they were walking right behind us. Um, I feel like there's going to be a couple. There's going to be like one spot where somebody notable walks behind me, and everyone in the chats can be like, "What the hell was that?" I know. I think we might just might have just had one. It looked like Baker Mayfield <laughs> was behind you too. All right, so we are live. We got lots to discuss. Oh, that's Miles Garrett behind me right now. Yeah, and he's shaking somebody's <laughs> hand. Uh, so this is gonna be pretty interesting. <laughs> Go ahead, Blake. <laughs> uh, okay. Well, I mean, we got to stop for Miles Garrett, man. What we, I mean, what are we doing here? All right, so we do have a lot we have to discuss here. Uh, Michigan find, trying to find a new DC. They might have found one in Wink Martindale. Joe, we'll, we'll, we'll talk about that uh, here tonight. Tennessee gets their uh, temporary restraining order uh, denied. We'll also discuss that. Nick Saban to ESPN and his Chip Kelly heading back to the NFL for the Seattle Seahawks. Yeah, surprisingly a pretty active Wednesday with all the things that have happened. And I, there's just so much that's been going on with this, this Tennessee situation that it is going to be messy is the only thing that I've really picked up from all this. And I'm curious how this conversation is going to go and us updating this. Um, but the way that this has transpired in that temporary restraining order being shut down by the courts is only going to make this whole thing so much worse. It feels like it's a custody case. It feels like we're in a divorce case right now. Well, again, which I feel like a lot of people did not listen to me. When I said they're they're going to deny the temporary restraint order because they're being investigated, and then number two, hey, did they do it? Like I, I feel like Joe that we have um, gotten to a place where that conversation has been out the door that nobody wants to have. So maybe we should start having one. Right. There was an interesting statement that was made by the NCA, and I'll save kind of talking about that in a little bit, um, that goes with that exact argument, with, with exactly what you're talking about here is it's the debate of are they guilty of what they're being accused of and is what they're being accused of, should it not be something that's heavily punished? And we're going to you know dive into that when we get to that segment. We'll talk about that. Also, thoughts of Wink, Mark and Mar Wink Martindale potentially coming to college. Yeah, I mean that. I, I don't believe he's ever really been a college guy. To to have him potentially end up at Michigan, I mean that feels like the rich getting richer. I mean the, we, we talked about how much it stinks them losing Elston, but to get one of the best defensive coordinators in the past decade, that could be you know so phenomenal for uh, for Michigan to end up pulling him. Yeah, I, I mean that would be a pretty big hire and a really good hire for the first real uh, coordinator spot. Uh, that uh, Sharon Moore makes uh, in Ann Arbor. So we'll talk about that as well. Uh, Joe, surprised that Nick Saban has taken his talents to ESPN? I didn't think that was going to happen. I really did not think that that was going to happen. I have to say, I need to see it first. <laughs> I jump to a lot of conclusions on this show, but I will not jump to the conclusion that Nick Saban is going to be a good college game day personality. I don't know if it's going to if it's going to work. Do you think he puts? Uh, on some headgear? No. He's not Lee Corso. Come on. I think that's disrespectful, too. It's not his... That's not his vibe. I mean, Saban's been a little goofy since he retired. He kind of let his hair down. That's a good point. Maybe we can get to do, get the two of them to do that. See, the one thing I really thought was going to happen is that he was going to replace Corso. 
I thought that was what the whole point was, but I guess they're giving him one more year. Kim, you got to let Lee just keep running it out, brother. You got to let him run it out. I hate it, but yeah, I let it run out. All right. We got a lot to discuss. Joe is live from the Super Bowl. If you're just joining us, obviously, we just had Miles Garrett. No, no big deal. Miles Garrett <laughs> walking behind us. Next time you see somebody, Joe, just stop him and be like, hey, man, we're on the live stream. Say, say, that, say like, you know, say something. That's, uh, that's pretty normal protocol for people to do that. You'll probably notice them before I notice them. So if you see somebody, tell me. I'll grab them. All right, sounds good. Unless it's a charity stripe guy, we don't need them on here. Yeah, we don't need Texas people on here because you know the thing we got to talk about. Uh, I, I guess people thought that this was actually something, but no real competition between Quinn Ewers and Arch Manning. I don't know why people thought that there would be, but here we are. Yeah, um, I mean, I actually don't think it's that ludicrous for Sark to have to address something like that. I mean, the guy was a very highly recruited player. He's huge for the program. You want to keep him happy, but we'll get we'll end up getting into that if we have time later today. Yeah, I don't think it's a story worth noting, but people want to make it a big deal because it's Arch Manning. I, I yep. guess it is what it is. All right, let's get rolling. Everybody do us a favor by hitting the like and share. Share to all those groups if you're on Facebook. Share to all your own social media pages. If you're watching us, listen to us on YouTube. Like, subscribe, and notification bell wherever you listen to podcasts. Rate, review, and subscribe. Joe, let's talk about our good friends over at betonline.ag. We're back in 50 seconds. Don't go anywhere. we got lots to discuss. We do that next. BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way for you to wager on all of your favorite sports, contests, events, with the first-to-market odds in lines. Find reviews for all the news for each league, including Major League Baseball, NFL, NBA, NHL, combat sports, college sports, esports, and even golf. BetOnline continues to be the top online resource for all of your sports information for live in-game betting props and futures. Head on over to BetOnline today and use your mobile device to join and make your first sports bet. Use our promo code BELIEVE50, that's BELIEVE50, B-L-E-A-V-5-0, to receive your 50% off welcome bonus on your first deposit. That's betonline.ag, betonline.ag. We're back. Okay, don't tell the charity strike guys that we played that because they'll want to have to come in here and, and say something about it. They don't know. Uh, probably not. Guys are – never mind. Joe, the other day or last week um, – Tennessee, no, excuse me. I think either was last week. I, I I can't remember the dates anymore. But within the last week, Tennessee obviously filed a lawsuit against the NCAA and tried mm -hmm. to get through a restraining order where the NCAA could not investigate them for NIL laws. Joe, that was denied in court. I I, I think for me, I'm going to continue to say what I've been saying uh, about this Tennessee thing. I, Joe, I want to know if they if they did it right. Like I want to know. If you have a quarterback on a plane with a booster, okay, you're trying to change so many things in college football. You're trying to get the NCAA to stop investigating things. And the one thing that nobody seems to want to talk about is, did they break rules? And that temporary restraining order continues to allow the NCAA to investigate this situation with Nico Iamayavea. Yeah, as much as I hate to concede this, I actually think that you're right. You know, we had that whole battle on, I think that was last Wednesday when we had this discussion, Blake. Um, and it really kills me to sit here and say, I, I think that does really factor into the discussion because it's not going to impact the court case, but it's just going to impact the discussion overall. It is going to impact the implications of the conversation because, yes, the, the act of him being on an airplane and trying to get him to the campus – and Nico being the, the central focus of their recruiting, it is an inducement. It is an inducement made by the University of Tennessee. But one thing on the flip side of this, though, is it, it, it shouldn't matter. You know, the, and this is where all this is going to come down to. It, the, what the court or the, the judge, rather, that was, was seeing this, that denied that temporary restraining order, believes that the states are going to be the winners in this regardless. So it almost feels like he's giving the NCAA a little bit of a handicap in a way in order to make this a little bit more of a level playing ground. I just don't understand. Like, 
that's my fear in all of this, okay, is that they're going to say, well, hey, you can, you know, try to persuade anybody to come to your college, regardless if they're an athlete or not. And, Joe, I think it's a slippery slope if they do and say that because then who investigates recruiting violations? And I think the biggest thing that nobody seems to – or it seems to go over everybody's head, if you think it's the wild, wild west right now, what's going to happen to all these programs – who now know that they could just sue the NCAA and there, there's nothing going to come of it. Like, there's nothing going to come of it. You can't get hit for recruiting violations. So you you lift any enforcement whatsoever. Like, what are we doing here? What are we, like, what are we talking about? Joe, I, I agree with you on the on being able to persuade or try to talk to a kid for NIL, paying players, I'm all for that. What I'm not all for is people saying the NCAA is dead. They should go away. They should go bye-bye. And what do you think? This is the reason why we're in the situations we are now, not thinking through what the realistic nature of this should be. Like, can we can we take a moment to just take a step back and ask ourselves, did they do it? Uh-oh. Well, okay, but, but uh, I don't know if you if you lost me for a second. Can you hear me, Like We lost you for just a second now, but, but you're back, though. Okay. I, I Again, I think this is where this whole conversation, though, gets really confusing. But the I almost don't want to go down the, the rabbit hole of, of did they do it again because we wasted so much time trying to have a coherent argument about it, and it completely – killed that, you know the whole point of this fun. conversation and that's fine but they're gonna win the antitrust law because you can pay players but what they shouldn't win is being investigated if they broke recruiting violations yes yes my whole point though here and you bring up the the most important part is that a lot of fans and and i was one of these people saying this are almost just demanding that the NCAA go away. And it, it's not that simple. It's not something so simple that we can just remove the NCAA from the conversation. They can't just get t- taken out of the equation. They can't just get absolved and disappear into space because like you're talking about, if there is not some sort of bridge between whatever ends up being the future of college football, it does end up becoming a convoluted mess. At the end of the day, the NCAA is on their heels right now. They need to find a way to regain footing. And I feel like my whole argument was last Wednesday is that they're constantly trying to reprove and reestablish rules that are not going to work. They need to create new rules that are going to be better. Yeah, so I, I don't think they're going to do that. I, I, I'm preparing for the worst-case scenario that we leave all of this and say, yeah, I mean, you can't – You know, I mean, that there's potentially, okay – a ruling where the NCAA has no bearing. They they can't investigate these schools and things just like what's to stop Joe then tomorrow if this goes through? Actually, it's going. It's gonna the court dates on the thirteenth. What happens? You know, the day after Valentine's Day, does a booster get on a plane and go see a kid and start offering him large m- amounts of money? Okay, to go to the school that he wants. We're not stopping anything. Like, I, I just think that, again, I, I'm not a fan of the NCAA, but to say that there mm-hmm. should be no enforcement or no rule, like, Joe, if they go away, we're, I, I, I fear what comes of that. Well, okay, but here's the thing at the end of the day and what I'm kind of getting at here is that them trying to move the goalposts in order to retroactively punish Tennessee the way that they're doing – is what's killing the foundation of them trying to regain their footing. The only direction that they can go in to eliminate any of this stuff is by making more of it legal, by making by making players salaried. And like we talked about the other day with the Dartmouth stuff, unionization of athletes needs to be on the table. It needs to be on the table now and soon in order to remove the booster's capability because at the end of the day, the way that you prevent the inducement from happening is if there's a salary. If there is a consistent salary for these athletes and for these players that they can make, they're no longer in a position to be induced because we know where the money is coming from and it's not coming under the table or while on a plane or through 
uh, a McDonald's paper bag. Okay, I understand that, but I have one question for you before I move on. You ready? Okay, okay. What happens in the time frame between the NCAA not being able to investigate teams for recruiting violations and them paying players as employees? It's going to run amok. I mean, it's it, it, there's nothing well, that they did. That. They dug this for themselves. Well, they dug five, this for themselves. N- it doesn't matter who dug it. It has no bearing on who dug what. You got to go out there and fix it. You can't. Ha- you cannot allow for their do- Joe. It could be five, seven years before these guys and these kids are paid employees. And so, what you're going to have is you're going to have guys like you and myself constantly mm-hmm. complaining. Okay, for the next seven years, that uh, well, I mean, until they fix it. And they're not gonna, and they're not fixing anything. I get that, and I understand that. But what I'm trying to get at here is by this whole action that they did with Tennessee, put themselves in a shit position because, like you just talked about, now it's going to take them even longer to get to this point where they can have this unionization, um, a standard salary for players. They just set themselves back a few steps, and like you talked about, there could be a couple of years, if not five years, of massive recruiting violations like you're talking about that teams can now get away with because they can just go along and sue schools and just they say feel like they get away with it right we're going down a slip a too slippery of a slope if we do it joe we're in trouble as college football i, I i'm just saying you can't you can't let that happen and if they let that happen then we're for in for a world of pain mm-hmm. okay um what was our second topic my bad <laughs> Michigan. Okay. Uh, Joe, over the weekend, and a kind of a little bit of a startling, startling situation, um, Mike Elston is heading to the, the Chargers with Harbaugh. I thought that he would be promoted as their next D.C. Thoughts of Mike Elston heading out, and what should the Wolverines do? Well, I think the craziest part about all this, and to be clear, this is you know no shade directed at Sharon Moore or anything like that. It's more directed towards the situation. It feels like most of the coaching staff that could have stuck around is understanding that everything is about to hit the fan and that they're trying to get out of there. And you know, we can also talk about the stuff that we talked with Halfley and 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 all that when he made the jump, and we talked about Chip Kelly and the the complications that now come into play with the modern college game, all of that stuff. But at the end of the day, it feels like the whole Michigan staff is like, I don't know what punishments are about to come down, but it doesn't feel very good. So I'm sorry, Sharon, we love you, man, but (laughs) we don't want to be here for the mess. We don't want to be, you know, potentially suspended for, for being tied into the, into the scandal that is going to eventually happen. I think without knowing who the potential candidates are, it does feel shitty for Michigan that they don't end up having the potential to promote him because he felt like a no-brainer. The I always think that when you lose a coordinator, you look at the, the position coach of the position group that was the best on your team. It was the defensive line. He's the best recruiter on the team outside of Shro Moore. It would have been a no-brainer, so it's going to be tough for them. I'm not necessarily surprised that Harbaugh is taking a lot of his staff. I mean, he's the one that hired them. Um, and obviously you want to take a lot of staff with you when you go somewhere. I am surprised of how many. Uh, now, Jay Harbaugh is going to Seattle. He is actually not staying uh, or going with his dad. Uh, Joe, it was reported, though, that Wink Martindale, the former New England or New England, New York Giants, D.C., could be in the running for being the next D.C. Uh, at Michigan. Your thoughts on Wink Martindale? Yeah, so as I said a second ago, not knowing who the potential candidates are, you and I were saying earlier, like, who the heck do they go and hire? And holy hell, they're going and getting one of the best defensive coordinators. Or, or um, trying to. For well, sure. they're trying to. He sounds like the leading candidate. It sounds like situationally for him after getting burned twice in a row, you know, the, the way things ended with Baltimore, despite the best part of that team being their defense. And then the counter of that. He's with the Giants. The only, and I'm a Giants fan, the only saving grace for the Giants was their damn defense, which has a bunch of nobodies on it because of tension between him and the entire rest of the coaching staff. He's out the door. 
it makes sense for a guy like Wink Martindale, as we've seen with a lot of other brilliant coordinators, take a year at the college level and then move back up maybe in a season or two. And I think that that's best for him, one. But two, man, I don't think the Big Ten's ready for what he's going to do, man. This this guy is an aggressive, creative, confusion-creating defensive coordinator that is going to cause so many problems uh, for all the teams that they're going to face. I mean, if Bill O'Brien sticks at Ohio State, I am excited as all hell to witness what is going to be the matchup between Bill O'Brien and Wink Martindale. You know what's interesting, too, okay, I actually disagree with you on one thing. Look, when when you have somebody that, it it's being leaked that has a you know like has been a cancer in the locker room. I do always ask questions: Is it the guy that's out the door, or is it you know was it the everything that's surrounding him that was so bad? I don't know if I can put that on Wink Martindale on this one, but I will tell you I do I do ask questions right, and I, I do have that in the back of my mind. That look, man, this guy was just fired because of locker room issues. Well, it wasn't so much he was fired. The rumor is that he stormed out after the season ends on why is the the Giants head coach name is escaping the Giants fan? Brian Dayball. That was the rumors that they had a falling out, and it was between them. You know, there there was no real drama in the locker room. The reason why I'm not worried about Wink Martindale and it it being related to him is that, one, the defense was the best part of the team. You know, there was never an instance where I felt like the defense took a step backward despite there being some injuries. There's never a spot where I felt like the defense was the reason why that they were losing. I can understand why somebody as experienced as Wink Martindale would be frustrated by an offensive situation that is hampered and held back by a garbage quarterback of Daniel Jones and then also not having a strong contingency plan and you're relying on Danny DeVito to keep you alive and floating. So, like, I don't blame Wink Martindale, you know? But to your point... Isn't Danny DeVito the the, the actor? (laughs) Tommy DeVito. His agent was here earlier. We saw him Uh, earlier. Yeah, Tommy DeVito. (laughs) Same difference, both New Jersey. You said Danny DeVito. Um, my camera just disconnected. Of course it did. My final point though, that I was saying there, Blake was, um, my final point that I was trying to say there though, is that I would be a little bit worried to what you're talking about, that he could come in if things don't go well, that he starts to get in Sharon Moore's face. Could, but I I will tell you with the way that the screen looks right now, you looks like you're on an episode of black. (laughs) I got to fix my camera in a second, but we might need to hit the home field. Okay. <laughs> and we're not exactly. <laughs> Let's talk about our good friends over at home field apparel. Joe's got a little technical issue. We'll be right back. Rafino and Joe show is brought to you by home field apparel, which is the best without a doubt premium collegiate apparel brand that is out there. They have over 150 different colleges that you can choose from, whether you're an Illinois fan or a Rutgers fan, maybe you're an LSU fan like Blake, or maybe you're an Alabama fan, whatever it is, even Idaho. They have so many different designs for so many different football programs that I can guarantee you're going to find some great stuff to help root for your favorite team. I've already gotten my Notre Dame stuff. Blake has his LSU stuff make sure you head on over to homefieldapparel.com to check out your team's collection of clothing apparel that they have on the website. And when you do so, when you check out, make sure you use promo code RAFINOJOE to get 15% off your order. That is R-U-F-F-I-N-O, RAFINOJOE. Head on over to homefieldapparel.com and get your college gear today. (laughs) <laughs> you gotta bear with me here man <laughs> <laughs> this is why i don't like recording on remote locations that's all i'm gonna say <laughs> uh, i mean i don't really know what's going on okay it's gone neither do i, I neither do I. I know it It was just the, the camera resetting oh i got you something okay. got something got knocked out <clears throat> 
did did somebody unplug it? Did Miles Garrett unplug it? Should we should no, we blame was, Garrett? I mean, he does cause a lot of problems, so maybe maybe it was him. It does cause a lot of problems. <laughs> that is for sure. Um, any more thoughts before we move on uh, with Sharon Moore and Wink Martindale? No, uh, I mean, I I feel like I cut you off, but the whole I was in agreement with you there that I would be a little bit worried that when you've got somebody that veteran could potentially cause problems for um, a young new head coach that if things don't go well, he might feel that he could completely, you know, be the bigger man in the room. He could think that he could command the respect of everybody else and try to outdo him. There's a strong possibility of that because, again, we don't know the full story of what happened inside the Giants front office. Yeah, and I'll tell you, I mean, look, we, we never really heard of culture issues around Brian Dayball before either with Saban uh when he was in Buffalo I mean the reason I remember a lot of people talking about that he got the job and a lot of people that worked with him were so excited for him was that how great of a guy he was so what he gets mad I mean he's the head coach when head coaches don't get mad uh but I do agree I look first year head coach in Sharon Moore but there's got to be a reason um that he wants to go Wink Martindale so we'll have to see uh, how how that transpires. But you know who else is is looking to get uh, a new gig here, Joe? Chip Kelly. Chip Kelly. Uh, it's being reported that there is potentially UCLA head coach Chip Kelly could be heading back to the NFL and being the OC of the Seattle Seahawks. We talked about this the other night, but your thoughts on this potentially being a move for Seattle? Yeah, my, my main takeaway from this is that this is all actually – there's real smoke to this. Um, I think that what we talked about is that he expressed interest, but nothing had really come through. My thoughts still remain the same. The guy clearly doesn't give a shit. He clearly has no effort or desire to move this UCLA program forward, regardless of what we've talked about with burnout and these coaches jumping to the next level because they don't want to be a part of the college game anymore. It's inexcusable. It's pathetic. I was defending Chip Kelly at one point, and I'm embarrassed that I did so now that we know that this is serious. I feel like he's going to end up taking this job. Why are you raising your hand? Because didn't I tell you that they should fire him? I think you said the same exact thing on Monday when we were <laughs> so, Or was it I, Sunday? I did. Joe, he, he's made it clear that he does not want to be there. Like, over and over and over again. And I, I'm just going to tell you, this has been a little bit of Chip Kelly's uh, M.O. to some extent. Couldn't win the national title at Oregon, so he leaves, okay? Can't d get things done, okay, at UCLA and leaves. He's a runner. And yeah. nothing. there's nothing He's wrong with star. that. Well... Not, you know, not really. It's a song, but it's a song reference. <laughs> I, I know that. But, I mean, it just, every time it feels like he hits real adversity, he doesn't want to bite down on the mouthpiece and get after it. I, I mean, that's just how I feel. He can blame the, the state of college football all he wants to. But the day that he signed Dante Moore showed me that there are people around UCLA and boosters that will pay. It, he bit his own self in the foot here. Okay, he shot himself in the own foot. His own foot. You can't tell me, Joe, that they won't do things for him when you're going and getting one of the top quarterbacks in the country, and then you. I hear from everybody around me that a quarterback out of high school is worth a million dollars. So I'm like, oh, uh, 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 okay. Well, so here's one of the thing that kind of confuses me, though, in the whole, you know, the lapse of all this that's going on. Why couldn't they have they afford to to counter the offer made by USC if they had all this money to go and keep or to go and get Dante Moore? They weren't going to be able to keep him because that was all a you know a, just him not vibing with being there and and whatnot not vibing with the system. But why couldn't they have kept Lynn? What, what was what, it's just so confusing with the consistency of the entire situation well, coach, and why I, I have I no patience for coaches, it. Coaches know, okay, and coaches talk, and I would assume that Lynn has an agent and potentially his agent telling him, hey, look, Chip's wanting to go back into the NFL, man. Like, he wants to go. You need to get the hell up out of Dodge. That the, Coaches talk all the time, 
And that could easily be a reason. And I do think that things, believe it or not, are a little bit more sustainable. Okay. Are you, are you ordering some Popeye's I, chicken here? I, it's, it's it's like I'm with like at the hack convention with the amount of people who are walking behind me trying to have a conversation with me while I'm doing a live show. My my camera disconnecting. Love it. It's all it's all great. Sorry, okay. to your point, Blake. <laughs> all right. Well, I, I I just feel like that Chip Kelly is if he gets offered, he's going to take it. And what's sad yeah. is, Joe, what happens? Because they have players at UCLA have 30 days to enter the portal. The new head coach could come in there and half his roster be gone. Well, there's not really much left in all seriousness. There's really not a lot left with this current roster for um, them to get plucked and pulled from. It, it feels like most of the top guys are moving on to the NFL right now. But to your point, whoever steps in and takes this job, it is going to be a bare-bones roster. It's going to be terrible. Oh, poor UCLA, man. This is what sucks. Nobody's ever said bad. poor UCLA before in a statement, by the way. <laughs> well, I feel bad for them. They got them. plenty going for them. They got plenty going for them. <laughs> like what? <laughs> I I mean, the alum, I don't, I don't have sympathy much for the alumni because most of them end up, you know, graduating and getting high-paying corporate jobs in Los Angeles. So th they'll be fine. They'll be okay. <laughs> I no, they won't because it's going to be tough to build back. And, Joe, it's not like they're trying to build back in the Pac-12. They're having to do it in the Big Ten. And, and I think that could be another reason why Chip Kelly doesn't want to do this because he looks at all this and says, hey, man, I got to go to the Big Ten and could potentially uh, be harmful to my legacy and to right. what I've built. And so I might as well uh, uh, dip now. So we'll see well, on Chip. What? Well one thing to add to this, though, really quickly before we transition that we haven't really talked about, this has to be an extremely undesirable job for whoever they pursue. It's late in the process. Signing day is behind us. I don't know since National Signing Day, the, the final one has passed, how many kids they ended up with. But it is a bare bones, small recruiting class that I think it was 10 kids the last time that we checked. They didn't bring in enough quality transfer portal players. Whoever is taking this on is taking on a massive rebuild in a new conference. It could be a shit show. It, it, that's why I'm saying I feel bad for them. And, yes, it is 10. They were 59th in the country. Um, they got some talent. I mean, they got one four-star in their class. Carson Gordon, also the quarterback from Episcopal in Texas, uh, also went there. Uh, but they did get some transfers in. Um so, look, we'll see. Actually, two Notre Dame transfers, Joe. Uh, Cormody and Henderson both went to UCLA. They're, they're backups. They're backups. They were highly recruited kids, and I'm not – I don't like doing the bit of, oh, this guy was a bust. He didn't get onto the field like all the USC fans did uh, when we talked about those players. But I, those guys are haven't really proven much. You know, they, they were kind of the bottom of the, the last recruiting class, so they could either step in and be well, decent players for UCLA. They're gonna have to exactly. play now, buddy. So exactly, you don't really have a choice. Be interesting to see if Chip Kelly leaves. When do you think a decision's made on that? I would imagine this week. I so to to also bring up. I told you earlier. Yesterday was the you know the media party for everyone that has a media availability here at Radio Row. And actually, you'd be surprised how many people were talking about this. There, there were a lot of people um, that that were discussing this. And Ben Solak was the one who put it out. I don't know if he was at the media party, but it felt like. The second that he tweeted it, a lot of people were discussing it. So it seems like one of those things that is, I would bet by Tuesday, it, next Tuesday, could come through. Well, and it's amplified because you're around a whole bunch of NFL guys too, right? And it's a big splash hire. Yes. It's a big name hire. Yeah. So um, it's going to definitely be talked about at the Super Bowl. But let me ask you this. Speaking of the, speaking of a couple of guys either coming from the NFL or going to the NFL, what was the, what's been the best part of your week at the Super Bowl? Oh, I haven't had one. <laughs> this has been – you want a real answer. This has been nothing but stressful, Blake. <laughs> the internet doesn't work. Uh, I'm trying to chase uh, people to tape things that we've got deadlines for. It's uh, it, it's brutal. But, no, in all seriousness, it's kind of cool to, like, uh, like Jalen Hyatt was over at our table. Jalen Smith was over here being a Notre Dame fan. Getting to see him was, um, you know, it was pretty cool and whatnot. But it's just yeah, cool. Like, we've got – Behind you, too. Uh, believe host. Um, yeah, Cam does. Newton's whole setup was was right over by us, uh, and we could hear him and Shannon Sharp doing a whole, you know, their whole interview. 
Cam Newton also interviewed, I don't know what they're called, but there's this dance crew that they wear like masks and they don't talk. So I literally watched Cam Newton interview two guys that didn't speak the whole time. It had to have been one of the That's most strangest. That, they were dancing. Cam Newton was dancing. It was hilarious. <laughs> what kind of hat did Cam Newton wear? Uh, the it was a black. That was I texted somebody that where he was. That was the first question they asked me. He was wearing the black fedora, um, with with like it, it was a nice hat that he was wearing. A couple okay. guys on his crew had fedoras on too. Well, you're not cool unless you have a fedora, I guess. I, right. I might need to get one for tomorrow. <laughs> you do. You do. All right. We'll, we'll cut this uh, a little bit short, uh, Joe, if we need to. Uh, but okay. we got one more to- or two more topics. Nick Saban heading back to ESPN. Your thoughts on that? Yeah, as I was saying earlier, this is, this is pretty crazy. Very unexpected that this ends up going through uh, and him end up being, the, being on the set. And just purely because... Could we think of a lesser outgoing individual than Nick Saban? Could we think of somebody who is less engaging with a crowd than Nick Saban? I Saban I like can have so quiet. Saban can have his moments. He can have his moments. And I think from an X's and O's standpoint, you know yeah. what's going to be more interesting? It's going to be interesting to see how he sees the game. Like you're talking about the greatest Good of point. all time. You're getting to see, like, hey, when Nick Saban gets to watch all these teams. And doesn't have the pressure of, you know, making his own team great. How does he view these other teams? And I think Joe, you're going to have some really good content from him in reference to how he sees the game of football. I'm really excited about it. To be honest with you, I love hearing intelligent football people talk, speak football. Okay, and so it's a fair point. I, I mean, I like like I like Pat McAfee, but he can be a little goofy sometimes. And I don't think, you know, but which is funny because him and Saban like being goofy together on the on the weekly show. So the one thing I was going to say is I feel like having watched enough of him on McAfee, I watch a lot of McAfee during the day and like seeing his appearances, he has gotten him to, you know, let his hair down a little bit, as you as you have said multiple times. But I I don't know, man, I just feel like that's the most we're going to get out of him. And he's just going to be the same, you know, very stern and serious Nick Saban that we get every single time he does a press conference. I'm excited because I'm hoping that there's a different side of him that we've never been exposed to. Well, he's already been golfing with Travis Scott and boogie boarding. So, uh, I mean, we're already seeing more of Saban than we've seen in the last 40 years. Right, right. right. I mean, he's, uh, he's getting after it. Well, no, I'm not really surprised to, t- to tell you the truth because there's always been – these rumblings in the South about like when he's going to retire and what he's going to do after. And look, I mean, it's always been that ESPN was going to hire him as soon as he retired and he was going to be a college football analyst. He's always talked about loving to be on game day. Um, And look, I I see Elk said this, but this is going to be one of my points. They got a rival Urban Meyer with Fox. And so, I mean, if Saban says, Hey, I, I want fifteen million. What is it for ESPN to spend it? It's nothing. Well, but the premier actually, I, I actually don't disagree with what Elks is saying because now that I think about it, because there was a little bit more competition this year with Fox. You know, Fox had never Dude, had the I, desire I, I to replace Alex Game Day. I watched Big Noon Kickoff. I never remember that even being a consideration. And there were a number of times I just inadvertently ended up watching it and I enjoyed it. I think that they have definitely created competition, which is something that nobody has ever considered. So that's a great point to have a much larger coaching presence is the way that you counter it. A lot of people for the first five weeks are going to tune in for Saban. Well, they got three players, okay, and a a national championship winning coach. I mean, it's going to work. I like Pat, okay? I like Herb Street. All right, but Corso a lot of times does not does not do the show justice. So, yeah, he's kind of hanging on. (laughs) Man, it makes me so sad. You know, he should just be he should just be like a studio, not a studio audience, but like they should just put him in a chair and let him watch. (laughs) It should just pan to him every so often. I I I feel bad. You make him the mascot. No, no, no. That almost sounds like I'm saying that they need to, you know, <laughs> like they need to like physically retire him. Uh, 
But no, you just you kind of sometimes you pando him and he chimes in, kind of like what Chuck Pagano does on on McAfee's show. Sometimes he chimes in. And that's the most you need from him. Okay, all right. Put him on a forklift, Joe. Before we get out of here, because I'm gonna let you, I'm gonna let you out a little bit sooner since uh, you're at the Super Bowl and got a, a lot of things going on. Um, it was reported today, and Steve Sarkeesian was asked a question about: Is there any competition between Arch Manning? And Quinn Ewers, uh, I just don't see this as a story. I can understand. CEO <laughs> of Believe, Ron, uh, happy Sam. A lot, a lot of uh, a lot of appearances that we're getting today um, from everybody at Believe. Honestly, Blake, and I know that you don't like the the thought of this, and you you're kind of downplaying this. I don't think it's ridiculous to bring up the possibility of him competing for the job. I, oh, I really don't God, stop. The guy was at the end of the day, not the number one recruit in his class after things kind of transpired a little bit, but still was one of the most highly recruited players of all time. Why would you not at least find a way to work him into the game plan, work him onto the field? I, I think that you got to at least go let him compete. I, I, I just, for what he does for the program to risk him potentially wanting to leave after frustration, I don't know why you would you would you would immediately sell him out and it's not even the end of February. Because I don't think he's ready, and there's nothing wrong with that. See, like y'all did not see him play in high school in person. I did. Okay. Look at Cam walking behind Braun like a little like a dog on a leash. All right. It's gonna be like that the rest of the week. <laughs> Uh, of course it is. All right. I, I got completely distracted by Cam just following following Braun everywhere. I, I just – Joe, there's nothing wrong with him not being physically ready. Okay? And you've got a fifth-year quarterback, a senior quarterback, who leads this team. Like, what are, like, what are we discussing? Like, are we thinking okay. that he's going to – Sorry. No, continue. I didn't mean to cut you off. Finish your point. I, I mean, like – why would why does Sark have to vote, like say this about Arch? I mean, we've we have not seen Arch play. You couldn't at least pretend, though, for Arch's sake. You couldn't at least pretend that maybe there was like a little bit of competition. I just if feel like was, that, if his name was Arch Smith, would we be pretending? If he was no. the number one player in the country and his last name wasn't Manning. What would we say? You know what we'd say? You know what we say? Hey, is there any scuttlebutt right now in Oregon with Dante Moore and Dylan Gabriel? No, because that was deliberate. We knew why he went there was to sit. That was deliberate. Quinn Ewers was a starting quarterback as a sophomore when Arch committed. What did he think was going to happen? I'm not – well, I think there was an assumption that he would have declared for the draft this year, but – I'm not I'm not so much saying and I think this is getting lost a little bit in what I'm bringing up here that you know let them just straight up go and compete. I just think to say this in the first week of February you pull the motivation underneath the kids feet when you could have at least motivated the both of them. Motivated Quinn Ewers to get better. There were a lot of things that Quinn Ewers could have done better that are important for their success in 2024. There's always going to be a competition. Maybe he needs to not arch down a couple of pegs. Maybe he's trying to build. Maybe he needs know. to not quit down a couple of pegs. Okay. I mean, yeah. But he's not out there saying that he's a first-round number one overall pick. I, I mean, do you, do you remember at the Sugar Bowl, okay, when they had media availabilities and no one went to Quinn Ewers and everybody went to Arch? That's a little different. No, it's not different. We make this kid into the sensation of Jesus Christ incarnate, and he hadn't played 30 snaps. Fair. That's fair. It's a fair point that there has definitely been an overblow. When you were set him to a playoff. I'm not disagreeing with. Okay, wait, 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 wait. He got them to a playoff, but this is all goes in line with the debates that we have on this show. Their defense was really important for their success. I think. I think that... We're assuming that Arch isn't ready, and I don't think it hurts to motivate the both of them before winter workouts to the possibility that one Joe, of them. Joe, he hasn't could, thrown a hundred passes. 
You don't. There's no way you. I'm not saying stardom. I'm not saying stardom. I'm saying that why are we handing it to somebody who was less than perfect? Somebody who you've criticized plenty. You've criticized him plenty on this show. Why does it hurt to not have competition in the room and for guys to compete for their job? You know what? Here's a really good example. Pete Carroll always used to talk about how there was one day out of the week during the season where it was compete for your job day. I forget what what exactly he would call it. Competition Tuesday. Yeah, Orgeron did it every Tuesday. It's called Competition Tuesday. Starters would compete with backups for for the starting positions. Can I tell you what happened? No, they wouldn't. Orgeron but, let it slip that he would call it that so that the younger players would, would play harder, which is going to be But that's the illusion point. of it. That's the illusion of it. Why am I putting this in Arch's head that, Arch that you know, things needs, are done? He needs Sarkeesian to give him a hand job in the press conference. I mean, he needs to hold his hand. I, what I mean, like transfers. What happens if he transfers? What happens if he puts no effort? You know, he he's he is a, a you know he, a, why would he why would he wait to transfer now? Okay. When Quinn Ewers already said he was coming back, he would have already transferred. That's a good. That's okay. That's a, that's a fair point. He ain't going fair nowhere. Point. And then next year, Quinn's not going to be there, and he's going to start. Let the fifth-year senior who got you to a playoff let him lead you in the beginning of the season, gain his confidence. You know what Quinn probably needs more than anything? Somebody that believes in him. And, and I, I can't believe Stark that my- believes in him plenty. He believes in, 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 in him plenty. Okay. Just y'all gotta y'all gotta calm down with this whole arch thing because he's gonna play, and I'm gonna tell you, oh, who would have ever thought this? Y'all think I'm making this shit up. I've seen the kid play. He's not I know you have. strong enough. It was right two years now, ago. Joe, I know what I know. He's not ready. I'm telling you he's not ready. You know why? If he was why? ready, if he was actually ready, Sark wouldn't have said what he said. I don't disagree with that. But, my again, my whole point that I'm trying to get at here is it has less to do with him actually competing and winning the job. I'm not saying that he would beat him out. That's not my argument. My argument is that, like, why can't we – allow for this to be open competition just from the sense of two guys busting their ass over the offseason. My whole point is it didn't even have to be said. It didn't even need to be addressed. Just let them go through spring ball and then announce that, you know, confirm if anyone asks that Arch is the starter. I don't know why this needed to be stated. It's unnecessary. Well, he was asked a question in the press conference. That's why he responded to it. Could have. He could have. I don't know. I just, I, I just don't think it's as big of a story as ever. Oh, he can't, he's not going to compete for the job. What's wrong with him? Nothing. Can kids progress for crying out loud? Can kids grow up a little bit? Joe, I'm telling you. All right, that's fair. That's fair. He's a peanut butter and jelly sandwich away, okay, from from being skin and bones. All right, that's how he came coming in. Kid was little. Reverse Kelvin, reverse Kelvin Benjamin. Is that what that yeah, is? Yeah, because Kelvin Benjamin's a Popeye's biscuit away from having type one diabetes. Okay. I think the quote was put his hand in the dirt, but sure, we could go with that version. <laughs> I mean, I, I'm adding on to it a little bit. I, I just think that we can we got to have patience because you know what's going to happen. And, and let me tell you another thing that I think is happening too. Arch is a is, is the case is a case where you gotta be he's gotta be ready when he goes out because the public pressure is gonna be immense on him. As soon as they announce him as a starter, whenever that is, everything he does is gonna be critiqued and 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 looked at no matter what he does. Let the let the kid grow up a little bit. I, I'm telling you, just because it's not it happened with Eli and Peyton. It was a different time. Twitter didn't exist. You had you, the newspaper was how things. Arch is going into a world where his uncles never had to go into. You know Ever. what we 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 make fun of uh, Acho all the time, but you know what? Arch Manning is the real social media quarterback. He really is. You know what I'm? You understand what I'm saying? We'll say that again. So you know how uh, Emmanuel Acho got all that flack for saying Justin Herbert was a social media quarterback that, you know, because he I, makes all the pretty I, throws I, and everyone talks about him. 
I muted I, I muted Emmanuel Acho, so no, I didn't see it. My point is, is that Arch Manning, I think, fits that description better than Justin Herbert does. Because, yeah, you're right. I think that our perception of him has exceeded the reality because we've it, allowed the machine skewed. to roll. Completely skewed. And, and I think he's going to be an NFL quarterback. I think he's going to be a top five pick. Like, because I can see the ability, okay, where he can progress. But, Joe, again, like, dude, I'm telling you, with these two eyeballs, I have seen him up close and personal, and I am telling you, in two years, even mentally, okay, even mentally, he's not ready yet, and that's okay. Start the fifth-year guy. If shit gets crazy, then you make a then you make a flip, and you start Arch. Until then, Quinn Ewers was the guy that led you there to the dance. You. Joe, we were asking the question at the end of the season if they were back or not. You you can't just run Quinn out there, and I'll tell you what you can't do either. If you're if you are Steve Sarkeesian, okay, you he knows his locker room, right? He knows it's not he's not just doing this for Quinn and Arch. He's got to maintain the entire locker room, okay? He's got to bring Arch down a peg, not just for Quinn either. But he can't always cater to because that will, I'm telling you, divide a locker room. If he's All playing right. favorites, it will divide a locker room. So let I'll Arch see that. Let Arch just grow a little bit. Okay. We got a okay. $2 super chat before we get out of here. Uh, when ESPN fires Desmond Howard, their ratings will skyrocket. Now, is this an Are we shocked? saying this? Are we I really mean, shocked that he's being, making that comment? <laughs> if we're being fair, if we're being fair, he did have Michigan, Texas, and another team. Oh, Alabama in the playoff. Did he have and them at the beginning of the season? Was that yeah, really his pick? Yeah, that was really his pick. So we make fun of him, and because how he did we come goofy. this far? How did we come this far from the last year where he said, "Was it Baylor and Pitt?" For the two teams, Baylor, Pitt, Texas A&M, yeah, and and Michigan. Hey man, I I kind of respect that. Either being extremely right or extremely wrong, I kind of respect that. I'd rather I'd rather be all in or all out. That's all I <laughs> all I'll say on that. Joe is two dudes who do a show and make predictions over hundred and fifty predictions uh, a year. Him getting those three right are pre is pretty impressive. Yeah, absolutely. All right. Go have fun at the Super Bowl. I won't. I'm going to be working for the next three hours, Blake. <laughs> I'm sorry. Uh, all right. No, it's all good. We will see you guys again, not on Sunday. Um, we'll let you know when we're live again. Yeah. Super, Super Bowl Sunday might just be Monday. Till then, y'all have a good night, guys. Peace.